Good evening, guys. Really, really, really appreciate everybody coming. It's good to have everybody back. Welcome back to the net. Um, this is uh, this is a great thing. Um, this is the strong men of new life coming together to care for each other in a way that has um, just been paramount in my life. Um, and if we could, we've had a heck of a year. I mean, we've had fires. We've had uh, Bob lost his home, everything to it. Um, and also, uh, I just, tonight before we start, if I could just, um, really wanted to, um, if we could, I just wanted to lift up Bryce. Um, back in July, um, Bryce and his wife just had a baby, but she also went into a period of cardiac arrest. Um, and I just wanted to lift him up in prayer and just ask the father to just come to him and give him the strength to lead his family in this trying time and to just, let the strength of the other men at New Life come around him in the capacity that he needs. He is just a tremendous man of God, and Lord, he loves you, and he is faithful to you, and we just ask that uh, as we lay hands on him and that we pray for him tonight that the greatness of your spirit comes into his world and just opens up and heals that family and brings them to a place of grace and where your power is paramount in every step that they take each day. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And uh, like I said, this is the net. This is a, a, a culmination of where Jesus chose his apostles, the men to walk with him, the men to carry his message and discipleship and go out there and be bold and to be the men that were starting, that were creating the church, and they were going after it no matter what as fishers of men. And this, for us, is, is a tremendous opportunity because this is a connecting point. A lot of guys may meet here and then go off and have smaller groups that they develop through this process. Um, you guys are all going to be part of a, of a program that we're doing. Um, every year, we, we, or every session, so to speak, of, we go through a, a program. And these uh, cards that we're going to give you that we're going to hand out um, basically is your notes that you take from the teachings and from the the incredible men of God that are going to come up here and speak to you. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Matt. Uh, friends call me Matty, either way. And um, th- this has been something that has been deep in my heart. Um, I didn't know the Lord, you know, less than two years ago. Um, I didn't want to know the Lord less than two years ago, but I got saved here at the net, through the net, with men from the net um, that have learned... I've just been humbled by because of the greatness of the, of the, the relationships that I've built through this process um, and, and being able to have guys actually come into your life um, and pray with you and for you. And I've never had that, didn't know what that looked like. Um, and at the, the onset of it, I didn't want it. I, uh, I didn't want it. But, um, boy, when I found it, 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 uh, it hit me hard. And uh, one of my friends says, the Lord put his foot on my accelerator, and, and I hope that's the case because uh, there's just no looking back to the other life that I had beforehand, which was wrapped up in addiction and selfishness and a lot of just my own stuff that was, you know, made me look at this process and just have nothing to do with it. And now just the light and the passion that's come into my heart from this group, the men in this group, and the men that I have built relationships with through this group. I hope you guys feel the spirit come into this room the way I did and capture you guys to, to, to meet with each other and to understand that, yes, iron does sharpen iron and that in those moments, the strength that you will build and having other guys being able to lift you up is, is the most exciting life.
inside of this church that you can have. Um, moving forward, um, with the notes on the cards that you're going to be taking from the teachings, um, as you're going through your notes, um, there is a section for questions, and we just want, you know, write down some questions. If it stirs you, make those questions known. Write them down. Get them on paper. As Russell brought to us last time, write it on the stone tablets and give it to the herald. And it's just tremendous. Um, and then from there, to get the answers to those questions, we want you to look to Scripture first. And with that, that's where the answers are going to come from. And by making those conversations intentional, so to speak, of, uh, there are some guys that are coming here tonight. There's going to be guys that are coming here on different nights that are they're like me. I walked into this place friendless, broken, kicked out of my house in the middle of a nightmare of, of a life that I really thought, you know, how did I get where I was? And um, there are. There's going to be guys that are hurting and guys that are struggling. Um, there's going to be guys that are getting ready to, they're on a little bit further down the path of their struggle, and they're willing, they're starting to grow. And then there's strength. There's strength and conviction in some of the men in this room. And what I urge you to do is, find and connect with those guys so that those of you with strength can pass that down to the, those with, with the struggle and that those of you that have already started going through your struggle and are getting ready to grow, you guys can grow even further and we can see you guys blossom with us and walk with us through this process. So I welcome you tonight. I hope you guys got some pizza. And um, with that being said, uh, welcome to the net. It's this semester and uh, I just wish uh, I'm going to pray for us here before I, I get Russell on stage and we'll go. So, Father, we just ask that you come to us, you bring your spirit to this meeting every Wednesday night, and as these men walk out of here, we just ask that you keep these connections strong and firing off on all cylinders so that the strength that they build in this room can be the moniker that they reach for when they go to lead their families, lead their children, and to lead all of the aspects of their life, whether it's knowing that their identity is in you, Lord, and not in what they do or in things of this world that have no relevance in eternity. We just lift these men up to be the strong men of new life that I know they are and that love and cherish you in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And um, I have to, I got to brag a little bit. Russell said he'd let me do this. Um, I was so immature and so wrapped up in my addiction that I didn't want kids. I didn't want to have anything to do with kids, but... um, in the redemption and the re, uh, rebuilding of our relationship with my wife and everything we're going through, uh, we are newly pregnant and found out today that I, am, I have spawned a son. <laughs> so thank you. And uh, without further ado, I just want to bring you our, our fearless leader, Russell Verhi, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Welcome to the net. Good to see you men. It's uh, good to be back after a good summer. How was your summer? Some tough, some uh, it was good, and so between fires and um, and suntan and sunburns in other ways, but uh, welcome back to the net, gentlemen. So God's just really refreshed me over the summer, and I'm just uh, just renewed in my energy to... Um, just to, to walk with you men over the course of uh, this fall semester. So before I left the house, my family gathered around me, and my, uh, all my kids prayed, and 
And Grady just pretty much summed it up at eight years old. Lord, help Daddy to have fun and focus tonight. So, like, <laughs> so I love that about him. So uh, one of the things that just made this summer so life-giving is we had the opportunity to go back, uh, back east, and uh, we had a family trip to Hilton Head, South Carolina, which I spent my childhood building, building sandcastles and getting buried in the sand and going on bike rides. And so we went back with um, my in-laws, and uh, it was just an incredible time. We stopped through Atlanta and saw friends and family, and these are, you know, these are my buds. I saw my brother and dad and mom and just great time. Going th- before we get to Atlanta, driving through Chattanooga, uh, as just telling stories to the kids, we look over there to the right and we see Lookout Mountain. And on top of Lookout Mountain is a place that if you're anywhere from the south or been in, near the south, you know see Rock City. And anybody seen Rock City before? <laughs> Not too many, huh? Well, Rock City is a famous tourist place that if you're anywhere on I-75, anywhere in um, that, sh- that, uh, that Georgia-Tennessee line, you'll see signs all over the place, see Rock City. Well, it was at that place, at Rock City, that my great-grandfather built the very first putt-putt course. <laughs> he was a construction guy. He built nearly half of Chattanooga. Bridges, literally, you go into the bridges, you look over from the highway and see schools that were built, and, and it's just a great place of uh, heritage for me, and it's just fun to, to go through there. So, And that deeply resonates with me, and especially now, because my grandfather uh, passed this past uh, December, and we celebrated his home going at 95, and it was an awesome celebration, just, to, just his life and legacy. Well, when I was in Atlanta, my grandmother, who's 97, uh, said, I need to give you some stuff. And so uh, this is my uh, great-grandfather's toolbox. And in that toolbox is some pretty special things. Just a hammer. Who knows how old that is. I remember my grandfather wearing this on construction sites as a child. My grandfather was an architect by trade. You can go to the Atlanta airport and see the, the tram subway system that goes through there, and he did the steel structure for that. The World Congress Center, he did the steel structure for that. He was a steelman by trade. He was a construction guy, so a lot of, a lot of history there. Um, as I keep going through the box, I find stuff that has a tendency to get a little bit older because this is my great-grandfather's, and the history keeps going. So I have a little trick for some of you guys tonight. Let me open this and see if any of you more seasoned guys can tell me. Excellent. This is actually my uncle's when he started Georgia Tech back in the 60s. So anybody want to demonstrate how it works? Right? (laughs) So as we keep going back, there's a couple things that are in here. I know this file was used by my grandfather, but it was his grandfather's, and um, and it just uh, is very special. So there's a couple things in here, like this guy was just a branding iron with this old thing that this actually came from Holland uh, from my great-great-grandfather. So guys, whatever I do, 
I've got building inside of me. Whether it's with Grady goofing around on a Saturday or looking back, learning how to uh, swing a hammer and hanging off a rafter or nailing up a knee board at 13 years old, 35 feet in the air with my mother screaming at my stepdad. I've got building in my blood. It's in my DNA. And so if you ever wonder, why am I doing the net? Why is Russell here? It's because God's called me to build men. And that's really the vision that God has really given me for, for you guys. And so let's just start off tonight in, the, in, in a place that really represents that. Ephesians 4, some of you guys have heard this. Some of you new guys have just put eyes on this for tonight. Ephesians 4, verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Guys, about two years ago, this thing put me on my knees. Is that God has given me certain skills and talents and passions and a desire to do things, and that's wrapped up in what I'll call a calling. And the calling is just as powerful as the one calling you. And I heard it loud and clear. And God was calling me to live a life worthy of that calling. And the measurable beyond that is not anything that any man can mandate. I can't go to my grandfather or my dad or my father-in-law or my employer. I can't go to my pastor. I can't even necessarily go to the men in my life or my wife to put a measure on what that really looks like. That is something you have to reckon with between you and the Lord that God has given you just gifts and talents and a calling that you're to steward. And men, that's really what each of us are charged to, that one day we'll stand before the Lord and he'll say, well done. What did you do with what I gave you? And so, so where does that go? And how, what does that look like for Russell and here in the context of the net? Because the net's not for any, everybody, but for tonight it's for you men. And I just pray that God would use this. So let's just put eyes on a couple verses down. So verse, chapter 4, verse 12 is it, my goodness, let me back up to seven. So each one of you men, each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. There's a measure for each of you men that God has given it to you, and we're called a steward to whatever measure that is. Now, why would he do that? And here's the answer, verse 12. Each one has special gifts and talents and roles, but in verse 12, Why is the net here? Why are we here? To prepare God's people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Do you guys see that language? Maturity, unity, and it it is a process of development for each one of us as, as men. Today I spent time with my 72-year-old mentor, it's Paul Stanley, and uh, he, he has this wonderful thing that is often convicting, that the reality in which we live in is that God has called us, in conf- that he is, uh, is long, if we are submitted to Christ and we are called into this work, God has an agenda for each of us to conform us into Christ. That is the end game that each of you men would be conformed into Christ. That's amazing. 
the, the challenge is, is that we're all in kind of these places of ones and twos and threes and fours. And wherever you are tonight, we're all in the same pathway, aren't we? Some, some men often know we get to a place where we've walked a little ways and we're really at a good three and a half or maybe a four and we look around and just good, like, good night. Look at this. Everybody in my circle's a two and you start feeling pretty good about yourself and you move into this drift. And Jesus says, <laughs> you know, basically in layman's terms or Russell's terms, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. That God's given you certain talents, and if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And so, guys, wherever you are tonight in the language of the notes of a struggle or a stretch or a strength, we're all in this moving together. And so, for the purposes of this semester, to give you guys kind of a vision of where we're going, I wanted just to spend a few minutes and go through an overview of the semester just so you guys can figure out if the net's right for you. Maybe there's some folks in your circle that really need this, um, or if it's not right for you, and that's totally fine. So let's cue up the first slide, and you guys see it there in your notes. Um, this, this statement is, is loaded, and we'll unpack this in, as we go here in the next few minutes. But I'll just go ahead and say that um, this statement is for me. And if you guys want to join in on this, that's just fine. And let me, let me just go to the, uh, the end of the story, at least in the season that I'm in, is as I spend time with men and as I listen quietly to what God is doing in me and through me, there, there is a continual echo that keeps coming back in my family and friends and brothers in my work situation is it's these three words is that there is a leadership on my life or influence there is a spirit of wisdom that I can take no credit for but God deposits wisdom and that my job is to steward passing on that wisdom and that God has given me a measure of faith And that measure of faith is really found in expression that God gives me vision for you. When I look around the room tonight, I see men where you are, but I see you, and as I listen to your story, God really deposits in me. You can call it prophetic. You can call it words of knowledge. Whatever it is, is that God gives me a measure of faith on your behalf. As Paul says to Timothy, I want to fan into flame the gifts of God that's inside of you. And that's really the charge of this spiritual gift of leadership, of wisdom, and on faith. Now, there's a whole host of other things that we can spend time and pay attention to. But this is really what I am. I'm in a season of stewardship around this. Now, there's some other words here that may connect with you. But this is... This is what I want to invite you into because what I'd really love to see happen at the end of the net or at some point in this time that you could in a sentence say where you're at. What, what are you stepping into that you're charged with a holy sense of stewardship 
that God is going to do in you and through you for the purposes of building the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Am I clear with where that is? This is why the net is here. I went to seminary. I spent 40 grand. Some days I wonder, should I have done that? Because I could use the money now. But, you know, I learned some things along the way. But there's different paths of development. And I've spent enough time with men that, that this is what happens with guys. When they're in this place of just utter brokenness, you can call it desperation or something, they're at the crux of something that God wants to do in their life. Whatever that is, it's whatever degree of intensity that you would put a measure on that. And when that, that breakthrough comes through, and when there's a repentance, and your heart is turned back to God, and, and, and there is a healing that takes place in your soul, something unlocks inside of men. And the next thing they're asking is, I'm ready, what do I do now? And this is really, the, the, the net is really here for the guys that are like, I'm in, what do I do now? It's, it's a pathway of development, and the discipleship piece in the purest sense, discipleship will never come from a PowerPoint or reading a book or sitting in a classroom. This, all this is, gentlemen, is giving you the conversation or context to have an exchange. The net will never be a large group of men because the real goods of life transformation happens in a trusted relationship with life on life that typically happens on the backside of a mountain, on some hike, sitting over stakes in somebody's backyard. And that's really what I'm hoping will continually happen is that guys will come through here and get a context for the conversations they should be having with other men, that they would strengthen one another in iron sharpen iron. Good vision casting? That's my stewardship i got to work on. So It's good. I get fired up. So guys, I wanted to share these tonight because it's fun for me. Just sweaty and gritty and I love it. You know what these are? What is this? Tools. Bingo. What we're talking about tonight and what we're going to go through this evening, these are the tools that God uses for building the kingdom of God. God has lots of tools sitting around here tonight that he wants to use, and you're one of them. But just, does this get the whole job done? No, right? So lots of tools because God's got a big kingdom to build, so... Let's move into this. I want to. You've got the. You've got the. Uh, the statement there in your notes, of developing God's men. But I want to unpack this in terms of where we're moving, in the course of. Um, in, in the course of these next few weeks for the fall, so there will be some nights that I teach, and preferably not many, because there are a lot of great men that have a lot to say about some of these subjects, and I'm really excited to just pass on some of those relationships. But as an overview, this is kind of where we're going. So on the first part of just courage, some of you guys have um, heard, heard me teach on this, and there's a podcast of this if you want to go deep on this, but it, it really is th- this, this place of, you know, You have a sense of what you need to do, but guys, you're stuck. 
You, you just can't seem to get off the dime and take that first step. And, and what is that? What, what, is, what is keeping you in a place of discouragement that leads down a dark path that, that leads into real despair? And what, what is it that imparts courage? And so these three pillars, if you will, is that it, from a biblical standpoint, is that faith, hope, and love are the ingredients for where God breeds and, and sparks courage in your life. And uh, there's a whole talk behind that, and, and we can unpack that further. But for some of you men, I, th- as we move through these next few slides, this is, you know, we can put different points of emphasis depending on where you men are at. So I want to hear from you, because some of you guys are here, and you're frankly stuck and you simply need the courage imparted into you just to get moving on this stuff. So, next slide. So, Leading Like Jesus is, is a week-long seminar that literally uh, the same gentleman, Paul Stanley, just got back two days ago from Germany teaching uh, a, an international missions group. Uh, this material. Leading like Jesus is something that's been developed over 40 years that really when you get down to the essence of leadership, leadership is really influence. And, and how does God use that influence? And from a biblical standpoint that can really unpack a lot, the, these three words from the life of Jesus, we learn what is it to lead like Jesus in the context of our lives, of our families and our workplace and so on, that God has given you influence, men, whether you, whether you want to embrace it or not. But when you embrace it, these are really, this is the expression of it, is that you have sonship or identity over your life and that, uh, f- you know, from that sonship and identity, everything really flows. You know, Maddie will, will pretty much will never be able to not talk about his son without smiling. It just... It just cranks us up every time we start talking about sonship. Next is moving into this place of, of, of the servant, is that we see the life of a servant, that somebody that is uh, geared towards leadership is oftentimes self-serving versus truly the position of a servant is one that is interested in someone else's interest. And we find in the life of Jesus, that's the only way to really ever build value, influence, or trust is, is stewarding just the work of being a servant. And then finally is this place of steward. As I look around the room, there are five talent guys in this room. And it is incredible to think of just the gifts and the character and the skill that's represented in this room. And, and let this be a training ground just so that when you go out, that, that you are just a good steward of what God has given you. And so, courage, there's enough to talk about there. Courageous leadership, there's enough to look at just the life of Jesus. So, these are things that I just really pray about. Where do we need to be spending our time in the net? But I just want to give you guys a grid. So, we look at working man's wisdom. I love this. A lot of times in the net over the last couple of years, I've come in, it's just right after a road trip, or I'm dealing with projects somewhere else. I mean, I'm just exhausted. I'm a business guy of 17 years, and, and I get the rough and tumble of, of just 
just the life of a business guy. And so this working wisdom is just very gritty to me in just where we all live. And so how do we live that out? And so wisdom in the context of Proverbs is a big old idea. And so I've just put it in the framework of just this, you know, heart, head, hands, or just attitude or thoughts. And then what are the actions in our life that really reflect the attitude that's in there? And so as we look at just praying, being men of wisdom that just pray for, you know, discernment and insight and understanding that, you know, how many of you need more wisdom, right? Exactly. And so where do we primarily see that wisdom hopefully play itself out? And it's in the context of work. So work is, is such a huge subject because that's where we spend the most of our time as men. And it's often the most misunderstood because of our culture. Call it a sacred secular. We do what we do on Sunday, and then we're back in the workforce, and we just kind of check out on you know, whatever happened on Sunday morning. And, of course, none of you guys struggle with that. Um, but how are we, we are called men as ambassadors in the marketplace. And so as you look at the, just as you look at the work piece, Michael, is that there, just to use some biblical language of anointing and appointing, and then a, a word around design, is that God has just packed you with this stewardship piece, but there are there there is this gift and there is this competence or you know character that really represents you in in your design that gives you some direction and there's some guys that are really stuck and lost in the context of your work and need some help with that. And so there's that piece of it, but if you, are, if you are a believer in following Christ and you are filled with the Spirit of God, men, whether you feel like it or not, let me encourage you tonight. You have the anointing of the Lord on you. You, are ne- you will never be, I love this statement from Garvin McCarroll, you will never be more anointed than you were when you became a believer in Christ. That blows my mind. I'm just like a babe in Christ sucking on little milk, but yet I'm anointed by the Lord to go do the work that he's called us to do, which is awesome. Maddie's up here sharing, and he just became a Christian. What's up with that? Because he's never more anointed with the Lord than he is right now. Amen? And so we begin walking in that because we believe it. But also that God promises an appointment for you men. And there's an appointment on your life because he promises purposes that he has designed before you were ever even born. That's amazing. And on top of that, he promises to fulfill those purposes. That's even more amazing because he's almost, if you can call it, in partnership with your work in what he wants to do in and through you in the context of your work. And it's not just meeting a to-do list and keeping your boss happy and just getting a paycheck so you can exist for the weekend. So this is a a big-time subject because we spend a lot of our time, most of our time, in the context of our work. Well, guys, that's all super engaging. I get fired up about courageous leadership. It gets my juices flowing. 
the grittiness of just the grind of just being the steady guy working with wisdom in the context of work. It's just, it's a steady as she goes kind of thing that honestly, there's days and I'm exhausted. But this last piece, the faith to believe, is honestly, from my personal development, is one of the most challenging areas that God is calling me into personally to develop. Jesus says in Matthew 6, the work of the Lord is to what? The work of the Lord is to believe. I can do all the stuff in the world with work, but Jesus calls me first to believe. And if I'm not looking to him first, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you, I'm missing something. Something is out of kilter. And, And there's a calling on us as men of God to believe God in the context of everything we do. And so what do we have the faith to believe? And so these are just my categories that this, this will continue to develop and evolve. But the first is it starts with covenant. And that's a big old word is that we can call it you're called into sonship. Whether you feel like it or not, gentlemen, you are the righteousness of Christ. You are sons of God, made righteous, crucified with Christ, no longer live. You're a new creation. You're a new man. And the Bible is loaded with covenant language that you are no longer who you used to be. And guys, I am gripped by that on a daily basis when I take the time to renew my mind in that. So what does that get me when I get it and get moving in that? And that, that, is, the, that is the command of the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you haven't met my neighbor. So i got some work to do there. (laughs) Not only that, Jesus comes along and says, love him in the way that I love you. There's a command on our lives that, wow, if we really love others like Jesus loved us, watch out world. It would be awesome. And he doesn't stop there with the command. He calls us in a great commission that it's not just setting up shop in isolation of our little home. He's called us to go out. Because he's called us the priesthood of the believers, and he's called us ambassadors for the kingdom. That's awesome. Do you feel like that every day when you wake up? Whether you do or don't, the King of kings and Lord of lords has called you out, men, to be that. You're commissioned. He's with you. He's appointed you. He's given you his authority to go out and do it. Rock on, man. I love that. Why do you think I wore this shirt today? Because I need to be reminded of it, right? And then finally is that there is a call on your life that is as unique to you as this right here. Anybody know what this is? Fingerprint. God has something very, very specific. There's only one guy on planet Earth that can do what God has designed and made and equipped you to do. And we really don't get that most of the time. So that's in the context of faith, because it is a faith proposition, because we can't see that. We just can't. And it begins and ends with faith of whether or not we're going to engage that part of our soul. And so when we engage that faith, what are we engaging to? And that's the next piece of what is our belief? 
What do we believe? 20 years ago, I tell this story often, so 20 years ago, my father-in-law gave me this book, A.W. Tozer, What Comes Into Your Mind When You Think About God is the most important thing about you. I think I'll be going to my grave with that quote because it wrecks me every time. It's out of written, written in the 1950s, A.W. Tozer, in a book called Knowledge of the Holy. What do you believe when you see the Trinity? What do you believe about God? Tozer would suggest to you it is the most important thing about you. Is it about your car? Is it about your house? Is it the status of your work? Is it about your 401k? Is it your recent promotion? What, what, what is the most important thing about you? And do you really believe the most important thing about you is what you believe about God? That's very convicting for me. And I've been sitting on that for 20 years. Tozer goes on to say that a low view of God is a cause of a hundred lesser evils. Do you have stress in your life, gentlemen? Could it not be the fact that it, it's a work issue or a failure issue? Or is it something to do with you have a low view of God? You don't believe in the covenant that he has spoken over your life. You don't really believe that you're a son or that you're really righteous or he separated sins from the east to the west. Very powerful stuff. But yet, that's not, it's hard to get our hands around that as, as men. But guys, what you believe, if I can even use the word theology, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. And it's very challenging. And so when I look at the context of the net, is that these are the kind of things that I, I want to challenge you with in the context of your influence. God's given you influence in every area of your life. And we're called to steward that with a level of wisdom when we go out every day. But also, he says, it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're charged, with a, we're charged to go out and depend on God rather than depending on ourselves. And without that, he says, it doesn't please him. How many of you ultimately want to please him? Trick question, right? And so to be waking up every morning and looking for opportunities, no matter how dynamic or complex or weighty your day is, what do you look, how are you looking to exercise your faith? So, so this is where we are going forward with the net. And so why do we do this? When you go on vacation, I don't know about you guys, sometimes it takes me about three, four days to detox from all the stuff that's going on. And then maybe somewhere in the course of that fourth day, if you have the liberty of an extended vacation, suddenly you wake up and you just, something's different. You're refreshed, you're renewed, and you're free. Yeah. You start dreaming again, you start thinking a little bit, and... And it's in those times where, you know, it's just like, so what do I really think? What do I really feel? What do I really believe? What are the desires in my life? And you're just, you're just, you have freedom to move a little bit. And so those are really special times in the context of our families because it, it whispers something of a destiny, if you will. Delight yourself with the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. 
I remember about three years ago, I was on a business trip in Chicago, and, and it was a, a friend of mine that we were driving over to Grand Rapids. And, I, and I, I just remember it was just so, just in the car, we're coming back from a meeting, and, and, and this guy is a rather affluent guy, and, and uh, so I wasn't sure where he was going with this. But all of a sudden, he lays out this question. So, Russell, if money was no object, yeah. where, what would you do? And I was stuck. I was so locked up with, you know, the to-do list of the day. After two hours of in the car, I just, I was pathetic. I, I couldn't even come up with it because it was so buried in the minutia of whatever was going on. But that's not always the case, is it, man? There are times where we get a sense of vision of where God is taking us or where he's leading us, or we get a sense of, uh, of, of, of revelation of, of why, why we're here on earth and, and what, what is it going to take for us to step into that. And guys, why in the world would we go through this? Russell, I, I'm listening to you, and it's like, I mean, this just sounds like a lot of work. You know, uh, this is a tough road you're talking about. And, uh, I mean, I, I get it, um, but this is still a tough road. Why are we doing this? And it, it's, it has something to do with that sense of destiny. Is that God's called us to something more than a to-do list. You know, I've heard it said that there is some, there, and, I, and I, I, I believe it's true that the most intimate form of communication is when you can share your fears and when you can share your dreams. And you think about think about it just for a second, man. Just think about the circle of people in your life. I'll, I'll even use the word trust. Who are, who are the people in your life that you really can share your secrets with? Who are the people in your life that when it really gets down to pay dirt, you can share your fears with or you can share those dreams with? There's something in that that, that I just want, I don't want to dig that up for just um, stirring at a heart level, but there's something in that. In your deepest fears, gentlemen, God wants to bring healing to that. The deepest fears cause the root of so much worry and anxiety and really destruction of God's purposes in your life. But your dreams, the whispers of God on your life, it'll light you up. And when you, when you have the sacred privilege of a trusted relationship to share that with somebody, it's awesome. It's awesome. Just before I got home at four o'clock today from work, and I got in the door, and I'm like, "Honey, I, I just, if it's okay, can we just go on a quick walk? We have a little one mile loop that we do, and you know, what do you talk about on those walks? You know, just whatever's going on in the day or whatever. And somehow, it just happened to be tonight, just in the talking, and we turned the corner, half mile to go, and next thing you know, my wife, with no solicitation, is sharing her dreams. I thought. This is incredible. I mean, I, I, am, I am so 
inspired by what God has spoke to her heart. And, and, I, and I see her find joy and a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. And I want to walk with her into that. Because she, she is a woman of God and seeks God after all her heart. And when those dreams come forth, they're so filled with God's purposes in them. And I want to just walk with her and see those things come true. And you guys know what I'm talking about? So sometimes there, there is some work that God wants to do in us and through us as we see those things come about. And so, um, guys, I want to... Um, I want to just give you a, an illustration tonight, and um, it's, it's in response to, how many of you heard Pastor Brady's talk Sunday? Many of you guys? Pastor Brady gave a talk on Matthew, five, Matthew 7 on just, do not worry. And in, in a lot of this area of just our fears and what that does to unlock that. So it's just as an illustration, I just want to give you something that um, is right where I'm at. And so it's just what I call being a man of peace. Two mornings ago, I woke up early because the day before, I literally had five meetings, three conference calls, and a host of emails that took some time and thought. And guys, I was shot. And to make matters worse, I was still doing emails, which is not normal for me, you know, past 7 o'clock at night because Ellie was coming home from volleyball, and you guys know how that stuff goes. Well, and I was just, mm, and I'm up at 3.40 in the morning. Now, I'm up early anyway, but not normally 3.40. And I just, I, I don't know if I was anxious, but I sure had a lot on my mind, and it was weighing me down, and I knew it wasn't healthy, and I just had to get this thing off of me. So I literally just went through and unpacked all of that stuff, and the Lord really helped guide me through some of that. This morning, sitting there just looking at the next day, today, and I sat there and looking at uh, just really a confession of just, God, I, I don't want to be a man of worry. I want to be a man of wisdom. And I want to be a man of peace. And right at that moment, at 5 till 6 this morning, sitting in my rocking chair in the front porch, the cloudy, overcast morning, the Lord just lit up the sky right after that confession. And guys, I just felt the weight of the presence of God on me that literally just pulled a tear. And it was just a sacred moment between the Lord and I. And, and there was no exchange. I wasn't unloading huge prayers. I wasn't singing out praises. I just was a holy moment with the Lord as I, as I just reflected on the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands day after day. You pour forth speech and write knowledge. And it just... It, I was overwhelmed with the presence of God. And it's in that moment that the Lord just spoke to me about just this idea of transcendence only comes in his presence. Many of you guys know the Philippians 4 passage 
of rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but with everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Where in the world does peace without understanding come from? And this morning I experienced that in a very real way, that transcendence comes in the presence of God. And guys, I just invite you into that place of just a sense of transcendence being in his presence. And there's so much language, biblical language, on peace. But is that as a peaceful man that I am full of peace. Think about all the meetings, all the interactions, all the emails, all the opportunities to be anxious, to be offensive, to be offended. And that just if you are anchored as a a peaceful man or a man full of peace, then you're going to extend peace wherever you go. If that character is on you, if that character is developed, that you are a man full of peace, then, then, then as you go out, the fruit of your life will be peace. And the reputation of your life will be that as a man of peace instead of that as worry. Guys, in a real way, I want that for my life. And so... As I look at that, um, I just ask you guys the question tonight, what kind of man are you? Are you a man of worry or are you a man of wisdom? Again, I share this as a personal story, but I also share this as an illustration that life is tough. There's things going on in all of our lives. So where do we go? So I'll close with this as an illustration, and then we'll take a look at this personal development piece. I got up Saturday morning, and I had a little bit of a fire in my belly, and so I jumped on the horse, and he's, he's my buddy. He's 27 years old, and he still has a little get-up-and-get for about five minutes. <laughs> and I turned left, going up the road, going towards Fox Run Park, and he is so screwed up in his head, he is like, I'm not going that way, I'm going this way, and he's doing a little of this, and he tried to buck about three different times, and finally I stuck him up into the woods, and he started moving a little bit. Well, that first mile was just pretty much miserable for both of us. And then finally I got up to Fox Run, and he just, you know, couldn't get anywhere, and it was just, you know, miserable. And all of a sudden, we got up to the fence, and then there's a break in the fence there on Fox Run, and we got up there in the woods and there's a trail and that knucklehead 27 year old horse just takes off he's going he is and and we went through that entire fox run park trotting and jogging the whole way he got on the road and ran because it's filled with trails and it's filled with roads and it's some sort of direction and the only pause in his stride was whenever we hit a fork And then when we got back on the road to go home, he was trit-trotting all happy because, you know, he knew the way back home. And I just thought that was so profound because that knucklehead horse is just like me, that when I don't really know where I'm going or what I'm doing, I'm just all over the place. I'm spinning and I'm bucking, I'm filled with anxiety, I'm screwed up in my head, I can't make a decision worth anything, even if some guy's beating me on the back. But then all of a sudden I get through the, the break and there's a, there's a trail. 
and I have a path. Yeah, there's forks and all that. And man, it just, this is where we're going in the net. Is that this is, this is a pathway for seeing that men of God get built and developed for the kingdom of God to be expanded. Is that good preaching? <laughs> it is for me. So let me, let me invite you into something that it is work, but hopefully I've painted a picture tonight that may be engaging for some of you guys. And it's, and it's this. Is if we can use the word stewardship in this first one, is that God has given every one of you men spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are one that are for somebody else's benefit. It's, it's there to, to build them up, to encourage, to expand the kingdom of God. It's a really awesome thing. And when it's really used um, by the Lord as we're just open and humble vessels, it's, it's a game changer. It's when, it's when we see in the scriptures the power of God or the power of the Holy Spirit that's righteous and effective in a man's life. When we see that word power, it's because God's gifts are out there working through the lives of people. And it's an awesome thing. And man, I just want to just speak this over you. Some of you know this, but some of you need to hear this again. That you have been given spiritual gifts. That you, that you are powerful because of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. And those gifts, as in Timothy says, to be fanned into flame. And so I would like to invite you into a journey of just really identifying what those gifts are that God wants to develop inside of you for the benefit of others. The next one is this area of, I call it grace, and we use the language because God's given grace to a measure, and that may not be exactly the right word, but it's, let's just call it character. Of What's the character of you men? And so the character, as I illustrated, is that I want to be a man of peace. Amen? <laughs> right? And so I want to grow in that and, and let the character uh, be known in my life. And what, what, are the, what is the character that God wants to develop inside of you? Uh, this, the tension of these two um, has a huge significance to me. Uh, think about all the stories, even in this church, of the compromise and the carnage of men's lives. Business leaders, pastors, fathers, husbands. This issue of compromise of character is, is epidemic. What concerns me even more in Christendom is this observation that I've made, and we can certainly debate it, but is that you can have spiritual gifts without having spiritual grace. Case in point, the founding pastor of this church. You can have spiritual grace where God somehow still carries over the anointing, but yet there's a compromise of character that eventually is going to be found out. 
And that is a really dangerous place to be. And I want to make sure that I am far more of a man of grace and character than I am worried about the, the gifts to feed my own ego. But yet, we're still called to develop these things. And then finally, this area of skill or a competency that you want to grow in. There's a host of things that you could really identify. Lots of examples that can come up. But what is the skill that you want to develop that really in the tools that God has given you? And it could be everything from just something as practical as work to the context of being a dad, as a husband, how to have good conversation, listening skills. Uh, It's really endless. All how to pray, how to hear from God, how to study the Bible. I want to learn how to teach or communicate. What are the skills that you really want to identify? And as I've spent time with men, and you, and you, and you, you take the time to get quiet and, and, and seek the counsel of three, and I'll call that counsel the counsel of the Holy Spirit, the counsel of the Word, and the counsel of other men in your life, when you seek that counsel, the Lord will literally laser focus these areas in your life. That he wants to develop the gifts of God in you. He wants to develop your character and he wants to develop skills in your life. And, and that's what it's called to being trained up in godly as, as God's men. And so the purpose of the net is really a training ground for building up you guys. Now, th- there are so many different ways to go about this. There, there is teaching that can be done. There, there are discussions to be had around the table. But really, what I would love to see and what I hope to happen is that tonight, something has awakened inside of you. That as you really engage in these three areas personally, that just like in the notes that Maddie mentioned, what are the questions you're asking right now in life? Those questions, if you really get clear with what are the questions you're asking, will really reveal the focus of those three areas in your life. And when you really get clear on those things, and this is the part that I get excited about because I'm a tool guy, is that when you get clear on where you're going with these things, then you can begin resourcing them. The power of God can resource life into those things. Men of God start coming around you and begin speaking over those things and walking with you. And next thing you know, you want to be a teacher. And next thing you know, you've got three guys who are gifted and skilled in teaching who can help mentor you in that area. But you want to be a great reader because you've never really learned how to read. And so you spend time with a guy who's a writer or a reader or whatever who can just help you learn how to read or write, or whatever that is, or how do I pray with my kids? I know I'm supposed to, but I've never even, I mean, I, how do I, where do I even start? And they say, you know, you have guys around you who can help walk you in that, to where at the, at the end of this semester that you can look back and say, that thing represented so much fear and insecurity in my life, and now I'm walking just, you know, in, in, in a strength in that. And God's developed me in that area. That, that is an awesome thing. And guys, we are built for that, aren't we? 
So I don't know what's resonating in you, but you can leave here tonight and say that was, that was, that was interesting or good or something like that, and that's, that's fine. But the net is truly a discipleship development of God's men for learning and engaging and walking in just the life of Christ flowing through our life. And that's, so the speakers that'll come, the men that'll give testimony are really there to feed the development of these three areas over the course of the semester. So I don't know how that resonates with you, but um, that's kind of the vision for where we're going with the net. So um, so let, let me take just a second and let me just interact with you, and then we'll interact around tables. Um, if I could just get maybe a couple, three guys to share either gifts or character or skill or competency, what's one area that you would like to see developed between now and year end? How many dads are there in the room? You're going to be a great dad. What else? Something is stirring in you. There's no wrong answer, guys, because it's you. That sounds like survival. So is that is there something specific in that that It sounds like you've taken a huge step of faith in coming here. Yeah. Sounds like you need some encouragement, or rather, courage imparted to you. How many guys can come around him and encourage him? You're not alone. Who else? A gift, character in you, competency, skill that you want to grow in. Yeah. Hmm. 
wisdom. Trust in the Lord, all your heart. Lean not on your understanding, all his ways. Direct your path. Pathway to righteousness for Bob. Anybody stuck here tonight? Need some direction? Or is it just Bob? One more. Anybody here resonate with that? There's newspaper articles of my great-great-grandfather written down of a man who architected, built, and moved the community from Holland Across the ocean, settled in Pella, Iowa, and along the way, he, written in a newspaper, he led the people on the ship in prayer and Bible study. And I think about, wouldn't it be cool one day to meet him in heaven and just see the kind of man that he was in reputation and in writing? Think about that. There's his tools sitting right there. It's pretty awesome. You know, and God's given you guys more than really what you can even imagine. Really. You have such an incredible blessing on your life. To live in the country that you do, to have the family you do, you have the friends in your life, and it's there to encourage and build you up so that you can walk as men of God because you're not meant to do it alone. So, um, so guys, I just um, want to encourage you that uh, no matter what you're facing, that you're going to get through it and that God is going to, he's bent on maturing you to be more like Christ. And so and that's really what I'm committed to in the course of just these months that we're together. I'm excited about the men that will share. I'm excited about the testimonies that will come out. And um, But just what I'm really looking for is, and what just thrills my heart, is to see and hear men develop into the men of God, to say that I was here, I was weak, and that God's made me strong in this area, and it's out there serving and becoming a blessing. Um, 
in the areas of influence that God's given me. And that's what we're built for, man. So let me pray. Father, thank you for tonight. I just ask that your Holy Spirit would just speak to the deep places of these men's heart. Lord, for the men that are here that are just just barely here, that need healing, I just pray for an extra measure of your grace on their lives. I just pray that you would bring men around them just to walk through this season and time. I pray, Spirit of God, that you would just uh, speak very clearly in a way that may even surprise some of these men in ways of vision for them in the path that they're to walk. And that, Lord, you would give them wisdom and insight and understanding in just um, in these areas of just the faith that you've deposited inside of them, those gifts, the character that you've put in their life because that we are sons of God. And that the skills that you want to craft inside of us so that we can be even more productive and effective in the areas of influence that you've given us. So, God, I just pray that you would let these men stand up and be men of courage, to stand firm in the faith and not waver. And I just pray for every man who's isolated that uh, he would be able to step into friendship and brotherhood tonight. We just love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you much. I just um, would encourage you tonight, just as a word of confession, even if I'll call it declaration, share one thing with a man at your table of the way that you want to uh, develop. One word, one phrase, and how you're going to develop in this, you know, in this next season that you're in. So thanks, guys.